everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Dealing and Healing. We are definitely not psychologists. Believe you, Jamin' Jams. <laughs> and we're definitely not comedians. But we hella funny, even if it's just us that think so. I Right. And that's really all that matters since it's our thing. I am Nene. And I am Coco. And we are excited to be back talking about life. Um, I am off-site this week, so if you are watching via Zoom, you will see my my ride or die right here, my bestie as my virtual background. Um, and so we have been in these relationship series, and they have been enlightening. They have been hilarious. They have been thought-provoking. <laughs> they have been uh all over the place bring tears yeah definitely all over the place um bring tears tears of joy and also tears of laughter so hardcore (laughs) we uh are tonight getting into what a lot of people like to talk about as we are going to introduce our significant other series um yeah so coco you know we are not in the position of significant others. We are not any significant others and do not have any significant others. However, we have lived 40 plus years. So we definitely um, can share all of the non-gems we have experienced and decided upon in our in our past, <laughs> in our early 20s, and then also share the gems that we now have accumulated in our crowns. Because um, listen, relationships Ooh. and some of those those gems are actually in our crown right here those are those little links of wisdom right there absolutely totally agree totally agree I definitely have enough for um two lifetimes at this point and then that's a sidebar but it comes in great great comes in fast and hard and it's so disrespectful because it does it does what it wants it, yeah respond to anything. And actually this is correlated because our significant other choices are made up of XY chromosomes and they definitely contribute to um, gray hair. So thanks for that. That actually is related. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, are going to talk about some past relationships, how we have grown. Um, Let's start with the good old fashioned communication because I have a I have a good tidbit to start with tonight. I, so I get a text. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hold on. It. Hold on. Go ahead. No, no, I'm listening. <laughs> you know what always it, oh, it starts good. Okay. Okay. So good. I get a text. Yeah. <laughs> It's always good when someone goes, so I got a text and then just does it. <laughs> so I get this text. It's coming, it's, y'all, it's I, coming. I miss you. And this particular text is from an individual where we have ultimately decided that, you know, the friend zone is just where we need to stay because anytime you try to come out of that zone, it just gets very dicey. 
it just gets very dicey and get a couple more gray hairs and you lose a couple freckles in my, in my case. Okay. The stress level. And so I have very introspectively been working on understanding that everyone's communication style is different and our rearing goes into our communication style. Okay. And some people have it. Some people don't, some people are getting it. So I ask very clear questions. So I say in a response text, can you just define for me what I miss you means? And the response is, well, what do you mean? Where is this coming from? Well, listen, it's not coming from, I just want to make sure that I understand your definition of I miss you because my definition might be different than yours. To which the response I got was, I miss you means I miss you. Okay, thank you so much for (laughs) clarifying, carrying the one, dividing (laughs) by two. Got it. And clarifying that response. So communication is absolutely critical. Now, one of the reasons why I asked the question is because this individual and I had just had a conversation about actions supporting our words, right? And so I know that you miss me demonstrated by your actions. If you don't need to communicate, call me, text me for two, three weeks, that's a different definition of missing me. When I miss you, it means that I want to talk to you. I probably want to see you. I'm going to text you. So again, it's important, even at the very basic level, to have communication. And that's strong. That's what happens in relationships. People don't have good communication. And I think I think you bring up a good point too, is that we communication is is like paramount. It's like the center, the centerpiece to any relationship. But just because you and I don't communicate the same way doesn't mean that we're not that I'm not communicating. And so I think like, I know there's a lot of um you know, um, reference to the, the love, like the five love languages and, um, learning your learning how to actively listen, but also being able to, um, speak explicitly, like as an educator, especially in special education, I need to make, make sure that I'm breaking down what I am trying to communicate or convey to you, whether it be in my, my, um, oral speech, if it's in my, my body language, if it's in my actions, so that you understand where I'm coming from. And I think that's something that, um, we don't understand when we're communicating. We can, we talk all the time or we text all the time, but maybe you misunderstood or miss, or I didn't explain it in the right way. So my miss you is I'm gonna text you every day because I'm thinking about you every day, or I'm going to send you a little, uh, GIF, GIF. What kind of peanut Mm -hmm. butter is it? I don't remember. (laughs) Um, so just like a little something funny that, you know, that it's an inside joke between us, whereas somebody else's miss you is three weeks later, <laughs> I missed you three weeks later. Like I've been thinking about you this whole three weeks where you've been, which then I don't know, it just, it creates a rift. And, and so like, I feel like Janae and I are very, um, we're straightforward. Like, this is what it is. This is what I need. This is how I'm going to show you. But maybe sometimes that's how we would like it to be 
given to us, not necessarily how someone else is able to receive it. And that's that's a big chink in the chain, if you will. Absolutely. And so that's where we learn to exercise and stretch our communication skills. And I feel that you and I are very effective communicators and we're mature enough to understand that everyone's style is different. So using that same example, I'm able to explicitly ask you this. Could you please check for me? Could you please check in with me? There are hard days in the week. There are great days in the week. If you have decided that you would like to be a partner and participate in a relationship with me, these are the things I need, okay? Let's say that isn't your style. Then my job, I feel, is to create a little leeway, right? So mm-hmm. no, it doesn't have to be a daily thing. We, we got things going on, right? Yeah. Real life. It does not have to be a daily thing. But a week is too much, right? A week is too much. If I have a shitty ass day, right. I should be able to get in contact with you if you are my person. Right, right. So definitely. that's respecting their communication style, right? Like, yo, I just get caught up. I go home. I crash. I wake up. I study. You know, I got the kids. I got totally understandable. Right, we right. Grown, right, right. But when you don't respond to the clear communication I'm giving you, then you start to wonder, is it valuable to you? Right. You guess that this is a place that you want to be with me. But what it then begins to communicate is it's not valuable to you. My needs are not valuable. Right. 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 And I, and I think that that's, that's one thing that we, you and I, we're very similar in the fact that we are, we're caregivers. We get, we get the shit done. We don't have time for no huff, you know, shucking and jiving. And that is why our communication is straightforward because we don't have time for no mis- miscommunication, no misunderstandings. We got stuff to do. We got kingdoms to build. And I want you to be my person to do that with. But in that, <laughs> I don't think they always hear us. <laughs> That's frustrating. Also, you're communicating to me um, in a, I would say like timely, but more like a respectable time frame lets me know that I am, like you said, I'm valuable to you. When you don't, then you just left me to a whole week of assuming stuff. And I'm telling you all right now, you do not want me to stew in assumptions because I've created a whole nother scenario that's probably has nothing to do with what happened and pissed at you because I had a dream because you didn't text me last night. Like, don't, don't do it. Just text me. Just text me. You should definitely write a book because you be creating a whole, Coco will create a whole entire chapter on what was going on when you didn't respond, when you said you were going to respond. Okay. First you'll check, make sure hopefully you're okay. Okay. Be like, Lord, please let them be okay. But after that, it's, it's dicey for you play. It's dicey. Whereas in, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what we're doing. I can show you right, better. Right. I can tell you. <laughs> so we're not we're not texting or communicating. Bet, bet. Um, then you look um, up and got an attitude because it's been three weeks since you heard from me, sirs, sirs. What are we going to do? We got to meet in the middle. So then that bodes the question: What kind of tools do you set up when you and your SO's communication style is completely different? Right, and going back to you have to take into consideration 
the way that people are raised, right? right? right. And for us in dealing with men, were they raised with their moms? What was their parents' communication style with? Um, And I keep saying dealing with men because we respect everyone's significant other choice, whether it be man, woman, woman, man, whatever it is. So you'll keep hearing me um, refer to that as Coco and I participate in heterosexual relationships. Um, What do you do? What kind of tools do you think would be valuable for trying to establish Coley? I think... um setting that, setting the expectation and the standard in the beginning. Um, and then just kind of, I keep going back to educators because you and I are, are in the same field. You got the littles, I got the olders. And so just in that understanding, I've learned over the years, and there's actually this sign in one of the schools that um, is in our district. And it says not everybody learns the same way at the same time on the same day and that always has stuck with me because that's how everything is set up if I tell you once you should know and that's how we were raised I told you once next time I tell you it's coming with a smack or there's no grace there's no um, patience it's just I said so so that's what has to be done but that's not how everybody operates not everybody thinks and operates and and um, processes like we do or like you know as me as a part of the other person other side of the partnership so um, sometimes you got to repeat it. There's got to be that patience. There's got to be um, communicating maybe another way, saying it another way. Like, I understand that you you are okay with these mass amount of time in between us communicating, but that's not what works for me. I need you. If I'm the one for you, you say that you want to be with me. In the grand scheme of things, that's a small thing I feel that you need to compromise on. Like, that's not what you do, but I need you to work on doing that. If I'm valuable to you, then you will do, you will try that. Just like if there's something that I'm not comfortable with, you know, say cleaning up, I don't know, <laughs> getting out of cooking the dinner, <laughs> cooking dinner, washing the dishes. That's something that's really important to you to keep it clean. Then I'm going to try my hardest to make sure that I do that because that's important to you. So I think that the way that we, communicate what we need. And for us, it's communication and and the amount or the time, the timely manner of communication needs to be established in the beginning. And then maybe uh, related to something that's really important to them. Maybe communication is not their big thing. Maybe um, time spent or, you know, like you said, cooking dinner, maybe that's their big thing. And so then I would need to compromise on my end. So it's kind of like a give and a take. We communication, like I said, it's, it's major, but not everybody communicates the same. Not everybody, not everybody communicates, period. Or you don't know that you're putting off something. You don't know you're communicating. I know this. Not just walk in the house and somebody's dog on 12 o'clock at night. I know he got off at seven. He didn't call me or text me, thinking it's okay. Well, <laughs> like if you if you tuned in last week for our, our podcast, Henry was like, uh, I used to do this before. We used to go together. We married and now you mad about it. Like right. Say something. I didn't know. More. Gonna... Yes. Don't leave stuff open for assumptions. That's my big thing. I don't, you don't want me to assume and I don't want you to assume. You definitely don't want me to assume. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so that is a very valid point about the differences because we also have a tendency to not take into account. I think we as women don't is that how much time it might take to 
shift someone's communication style and or build someone's communication style. If a person has grown up in a family that did not communicate or communicated in a very, um, uh, what's the word, harmful manner, right, right, then how long? So this person has all these other qualities you dig. I mean, we're talking, they got the, let's just say they got the B to the Z, okay? But that A, that communication style, that's a huge thing. And so how do you work through someone who may take years? Because now remember, we are 40 plus, okay? That means that some of these holes have been communicating or not communicating for decades. Yes. What are we willing to do to push past, right, that barrier? And how do you know if it's never going to get to your level of expectation? Do you then decide that you're going to sacrifice a little bit of your expectation of the communication? Or are you going to hold on and hope that that person, you know, not gets it together, but at least come to a middle ground? Reestablish the middle ground? What do you do? And see, I think that goes back to like, uh, what are you, what are we willing to sacrifice for lack of a better word? If that person is a B to a Z and only the A is missing, that's something that I I feel like, I mean, like we keep saying communication is, is paramount, but it's good and bad, sickness and health, you know, um, rich or poor, communicate, mute or not. <laughs> That's, we need to add that to the mute or not. <laughs> can they communicate? But it's a it's a process. It's not a just, can they do it now? Oh, they can't do it now. Do you just give up? That's not what a relationship is about. That's not what love is. It's a choice to do this life with this person despite their shortcomings, despite my shortcomings, and then praying us together to... Um, be able to continue to grow with one another. So it it took 40 plus years for this person to learn this um, communication style. It's gonna take it's gonna take more than a couple of years to train them or uh, teach them or um, be patient as they you know try to process that communication. Um, so it just depends: is that person worth it? And is it worth you losing time and energy? Because that's so important to us trying to work with this person through that. Yeah. But out of and the 26 can... things, he has 25. Those are good odds. And see, I struggle, and this is something I'm working on because this is probably part of my, the small part of my type A personality that I have is that it's such a intricate foundational need, right? It's such, you know, last week, Cameron was talking about the pillars. Mm. Communication is like three of my five pillars, right? Because think about (laughs) structure. (laughs) Think about how many things can go, how much stress and how many things can go wrong when the communication is not on point. Right. And so, and it's not just, it's, it's how you receive what I say to you. It's how, it's how you speak to me. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's how we make decisions. It's how we interweave. So even though you might have that B to Z, how are we going to explore all of that B to Z when our communication is on our lovely spectrum like we work with? Yeah. Right. It's just, and this is a prime example. So I'll give you another example. Okay. So I genuinely asked, and and hold on, let's really, let's sidebar real quick. Cause you and I, textations are for the devil, are from the devil and for the devil. People who like to have extensively long conversation via text message, we are not friends. Okay. That's not as a be as a behaviorist. I need to hear your tone even better if I can see your face, right? Your mannerisms as we are discussing important matters, especially feelings, decisions that need to be made and things that can get misconstrued in a text message creates a whole bunch of problems. So a text message was sent asking a genuine question. And I, you know, we're not drama filled women. We don't do the drama. Like we said, it's straightforward. And the response that I received in to my question basically ended up in saying, yada, 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 this is toxic. Uh-huh. Como say what? What? Never in my life. I'm a lot of things. Okay. Never in my life would somebody ever in 12 million years put me in toxic in any kind of category. Right. Okay. But because of his history of communication with his children's mom, with his own mom, with that is an instantaneous reaction, mm-hmm. right? So when the communication is too direct, it's almost like you don't trust it. Right, right. And that's a big problem. Right. Right. Because I'm going to say, what needs to be said. So I can't control how you receive it. So now you have triggered me because you have used that word with me. Mm-hmm. And now I feel some type of way. Right. Right. Which by the way, ends the text cessation and has me dialing numbers. <laughs> okay. You going to, you going to get this work directly. You going to hear gonna, this. We've been a FaceTime. Cause I need right. you to see this toxicity. Okay. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that part. Not what you want, playing. Exactly that part. And so then we're getting into dealing with a whole nother, which is why you and I are advocates of people going to therapy. A jam. I'm sorry. People going to therapy. Why? How that came through. Sorry about that pause, folks. Okay, so while we are advocates of going to therapy individually and collectively, right, so that we can build those tools and we can basically deconstruct things from our past to bring into new spaces of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes, like, it, it's it's definitely a necessity to go to counseling um, individually, but if you are in a relationship or you are getting ready to get into a um, committed relationship, it is definitely just as important to get into counseling as a couple. 
because I think that having that um, that mediator, that objective third party to hear both sides, like I always say, there's three sides to the story. There's your side, my side, and what really happened. And so um, to have somebody kind of mediate. So did you hear what your partner is saying? Now, nah, what she has said, that used to be me. You was right here. Why are you asking me what she said? She said it. She said what she said when she said it. Hello. <laughs> important to go to counseling as a couple because you need that third party impartial person to help one another understand what they are saying um when you are when you're not able to communicate like that or you haven't gotten those tools to be able to communicate with one another or understand that that's what they need then you go into the relationship thinking well i said it so i thought she understood it or i said it and so I thought he understood it. And that just kind of goes back to the, that everybody learns the same way on the same day at the same time, or it may take them a little bit longer to process what you're trying to say. So how long do you wait for them to get it? If that is what, if you love that person and I'm not saying, Ooh, I want to be with them. And they just make me feel this way. And you know, the sex is great. Like love, like despite everything, you're going to go through life with them. When, when do you say, I can't do this anymore? Right. Because love is an active choice. Right. Love is not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's a choice to do the work. Right? right. So that brings us to the beginning of relationships. Red flags. Okay. Did you know that fool couldn't communicate in the beginning and you decided, and eh, this flag is really more of a burnt orange. It's okay. It's really in my Crayola box, there are 64 colors. And this one's really more of a tangerine burnt orange, right? The red flags. Why do we ignore red flags? I know why you and I ignore red flags. I was going to say, right? A general question. Because that's what gets us in trouble. Now, you know, in the beginning, and I'm very good at this, if you are getting more text messages than calls, you are knowing in the beginning if those calls are substantial conversations, mm-hmm. right? You will know in the beginning if you're carrying the conversation, if you get into what is a hot mm-hmm. topic button, like having children, rearing children, finances, yeah. if those things are thoroughly thought out, right? That's an actual in-depth conversation with some substance to it right? or not. When we ignore the red flags, then we circle back and we're like, dang, we got three kids and we just paid for this. We sign our names to this escrow and this will can't communicate. What? What are the bills do? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. And see, for me, I'm slightly different, like, because. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame it on my ADHD because my brain is everywhere and I'm always on the go. I rather have it in a text. And then when we talk, it's so much more in depth, like the day to day, like, hey, how you doing? Missing you thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. I want it. I, I like to hear my phone go off. I like to know that that person is thinking about me or that person is thinking about me. It's like, hey, don't forget to pay this bill because that's some kind of form of communication. Now, when we're at home, um, if we're together and you know we live 
rooms together or whatever, or we're at our separate homes or whatever. Yes. And when I have time to like decompress and talk, I don't always feel like I am able, I have the energy to be able to give a quality um, discussion, you know, via talking on the phone. And that's, that's my thing. That's something that I'm working through. Um, I told Janae one day I spent four hours on the phone with somebody with the, with the uh, fella and I was like, oh, my God, he just kept talking and talking. It was a good conversation. It was very informative, but it was just like people talk this long these days. We have text messages and duos and and, and Marco, why? And then after a while, I was like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> you just have to like process. So that's for me. Um that's really bad, guys. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Just text me. <laughs> I'm 40 plus. That's, that's, the culture, that's right. Like, that's the culture um, we live in now. And for you, that yeah. has been a seamless transition. For me, I'm like, are you really asking me that via text message? But again, it goes back to, I think, my nature and just my career field. Like, I have to observe all components of when your interactions with me. Um, and you just can't do that via text messaging. So circling back to the red flags. So for you, how do you decipher red flags through text messaging? Um, so that, so part of my thing is, is that if I, if I feel like something's red flag, I usually check in with Janae, like, is this a red flag? (laughs) Hey guys. Hey guys, is this a red flag? <laughs> and if I'm asking, that means that I am, I am, you know, it looks like a red flag. It might be a red, orange or orange, red, but it, you never know. Um, then I call the person. <laughs> then I, then I would like to like talk. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to text back and forth about that. Um, I also kind of have a, it's like a self, I sometimes I get uncomfortable sitting with someone with, you know, someone who that I I like that I would like to be with if I'm dating someone sitting with them in the presence and then like looking at them and talking legit. I feel like my eyes are always going cross. Like, and it's something that I subconsciously think about, like, are my eyes crossing? Do I look like I'm looking somewhere else? I just feel really self-conscious about my physical appearance when we're talking to each other. And so it's really, I don't know. It's weird. So I deal with that. But also, like I said, I want answers. So I'm going to sit there. We're going to get some answers. I need to know what's going on. Do not leave me hanging. Do not leave me hanging. So red flags. There's probably more red flags for me than there are for them. <laughs> what if you are the red flag? And that's, right, right? that's honest, right? Because we do have, red, we are red flags we in some like even with communication like I have learned that everything does not have to be so intense right I'm an intense person like when people talk about oh I want a woman with self you know a good sense of humor I'm like sorry that's not me okay because I'm intense and I'm analytical and I am the meme where we talked about it but hold on because my brain just thought of 20 more things that could relate to what we spoke about. Right. And so that is, you know, that has been a mirror has been held up and that's been something over the years that I've had to work through is that like the number one thing, it ain't that serious, but 
as an intuitive feeling person, sometimes it feels that serious, right? So that would, I would say would be one of my red flags um, of me. So if you're out there and you're listening, just know that that's one of my red flags. Okay. (laughs) Um, We as women tend to ignore. So we tend to ignore communication style, right? Whether it matches ours. We tend to ignore, as you referred to a little while ago, do our love languages match? Right. If you guys aren't familiar with love language, love languages, or you haven't heard it, um, one of the most popular ones is by Gary Chapman, and he takes you to this quiz. It's a whole book, and he kind of puts these categories out of love languages, and I think they are um, words of affirmation, acts of kindness, physical touch, gifts. What's the fourth? What's the fifth one? Quality time. Quality time. Beautiful. So you usually fall into one to two of those categories. Um, So if you know that your love language is words of affirmation and your partner's always talking about, dang, you hella dumb. That's probably not, no, that's probably not going to bode well for you. It's probably. But also we communicate in our love language to other people. Which may well, I don't may not that. come off the same way. So, like mine, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like I will, I will treat you the way that I would like to be treated from you. Like I like to do, like the little text in the morning. Um, I will, you know, cook and clean, and I'll, you know, for your birthday, just like on a you know random occasion, send you a little something. So that's kind of the things that I'm showing you the way that I would like to be loved because that's my love language, if that makes sense. And so getting to know the other, your partner's love language, you're able to communicate to them on a level that they need. And that's different than just communication. Like, I need you to say words, but this is just like, okay, I really know that he likes quality time. So when, um, when I get home from work, well, it's just me and him, not me, him and the kids, or I'm not going to you know pick up my phone. It's just going to be him and I. Or I know that he really likes physical touch. So I know that every Wednesday, like clockwork, we go and get massages together. Or I learn how to massage. And that's what I do for him on Wednesdays. Because that's something that will fortify or re-energize him and let him know that I'm paying attention. This is what you need. This is what you like. Um, so that's 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 why I liked it a little bit. Because I was like, I'm doing all this stuff. And ain't no, he, you don't see that this is how it, I like stuff I give you stuff you don't want to give me stuff or no quality time you don't want to call nobody want to kick it that's not their love language that's not how that's not what they operate in it's kind of how I took it yeah uh, well, absolutely we yeah and and Mr. Chapman outlines that is that we have a tendency to love people how we want to be loved but hopefully after you read that book because it's a great book and it's very um well written in terms of like having a very foundational understanding of like it's kind of was like oh duh Right. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. here's the challenge with that is that people also cannot identify and communicate their wants and needs, basic global language. Right. So I also cannot be at 40 plus 20s. Yes, absolutely. 40 plus. No, I can't be like, let me cook these meals and see what he does. Right. Let me clean the right. house. Let me buy this for you. Let me see and see what his reaction is. Tell me what you need. Say more. Right. Because at this age, at this emotional intelligence level, please know what it is that you need from your partner. 
period, point right. blank, right? right? So that we're not, because here's the thing. If we spin all of our wheels doing that, it exhausts and it depletes us. And how are we refueled? We're not. We're like, you know what? It's right. been real and it's been fun, but it has not been real fun. Gotta go. <laughs> right? Deuces up and all. Gotta go. Yes. So please do not ignore the red flags when it comes right. to those things. Please know what it is that you want know how to ask for it, right? And it's a process. If you can do that in your everyday life, maybe you can work on that and maybe not get into being paired into another, scaffolded into another person, relationship, situation. The other thing too, just to to touch back on the the red flags is a lot of times, and I know that I did this in the 20s and sometimes in in, in some of the 30s was, you think that you can change them. Like that red flag was a red flag, but I washed it in bleach. So now it's a pink flag. No, nah, boo-boo, it's an original red flag. And you just because you try to get rid of it, it's still there. It's not, if you are not dealing with it, if he is not dealing with it, it's still a red flag. It's still there and it hasn't been dealt with. So then what? Then you're mad because that person, you didn't love that person enough or that person didn't that you were trying to love them enough to get rid of it doesn't change like that you cannot go you cannot be with somebody hoping they're going to change especially if you're not communicating especially if you're not if you're not willing to communicate and that was my entire life in my 20s up until 30 Mm -hmm. and more so because as you if you listen to our family series when we had our moms on we didn't communicate about such things admin relationships sex none of that So I made up in my mind and watching my mom, the dynamic of men that if you love hard enough and you work hard enough, because that was my mantra in everything that I did as a young person. First, it was to get out of my mom's house, get through college, yada, yada. Then it should work out, right? If you don't bring all of this drama and you work really hard and you love really hard, it should work out. And I was naive in that thinking through every relationship that I had until I was about 30. And I finally said, wow, fools really be out here finessing the game. They do not say what they mean and mean what the hell they say. It's a game out here. I'm definitely losing at this point. I'm definitely way back. I'm way, I'm way. I'm the marathon runner that gets injured when the gun goes off and have to run the whole marathon. When I am not passing you. I definitely was not collecting two hundred dollars. I had to pay people. Matter of fact, all of my property, I can't collect nothing because I'm in jail. That's that's how much of the game I'm not playing. (laughs) And can roll doubles to save my life. Okay, and so that was a big stretch in therapy, right? But that was a big. That's not how it works. And and don't think that you can love people out of things that you that you see in them that you don't like. Um, that doesn't match well with you, does not sit well with your spirit, your vibe, right? Any of that. Um, the other thing, which is, I would say, I, I am redeemed in this red flag. I don't have this red flag anymore. It's been burned. Is doing all of the wifey things, right? Before you are actually in a committed, monogamous, if that's your thing, relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because yeah. We are caretakers. Coco and I talked about this in the previous podcast. Please check out our uh, family series on being over nurturers and providers, um, taking care of everything. If that is your makeup, right? Then you want to make sure your boo thing is well taken care of. Cooking, cleaning, sex and like crazy. Okay. Picking up kids that ain't yours. <laughs> Paying bills that ain't yours. Okay. Oh, that's just us. That's just me and you. Okay. It'll be, that's why we besties. It'll just be me and you. And I guess nobody listened and has ever experienced anything like that. <laughs> right. So getting in and playing that wifey role and the realization that a man will accept that with no intention of having you that saying, why buy the cow when the milk is free is a legitimate saying, yo. Legit. Legit. And we can't be mad at them if we out here just like, you know, handing them gallons of milk, handing them gallons of milk. We put ourselves in that situation. You right. Right. You right. You You ain't got to buy no... Right. Ain't no milk, milk coming out this heifer. <laughs> Absolutely. So that is that is a red flag. I'm glad that is no longer a red flag. That flag has been burned and buried. Okay. That's just buried. Um, but that is something. So other things that, you know, people talk about that we tend to ignore are nature of being controlling, jealousy, um, how they are with finances, Right. None of that stuff necessarily shifts. Now, don't get me wrong. There are instances where you can model the behavior that you want to see, that you want to go into practice, and somebody might be able to learn something, right? I can teach you if you want to learn, and it'll shift your behavior. But if you have habits, right, those don't change. Those are red flags. They're not going to change because D is good. Up. That is Next not a consolation prize. It is not a consolation prize. It may feel like it in the beginning, but I tell you this, the miles on the car do affect the performance because then it just wears on you. I mean, the, the DZ might be good in the beginning, but like all you're tired of driving. So then you can't ride. I'm going to say that again. You're tired of driving. So you can't ride. Gems of wisdom right there. (laughs) It's too much. Those gems, those gems. So I would say this has to be one of the most popular red flags to ignore. (laughs) When that vitamin D hits just right, right? And you digmatize and you addicted. So if you have the addiction, okay, you digmatized, then we have a tendency to be like, eh, it's all right. We work it out later. We, we work it out later. You know, it ain't no big thing until, you know, it's a big thing. You can't have too much vitamin D, despite despite what your girl is telling you. <laughs> there is such thing as a too much. I don't think there's okay. No, so let's say this. <laughs> I don't think there's 
such a thing as too much good vitamin D as long as you keep your scruples about you, right? As long as you're getting vitamin D from a good nutrient source, okay? If your vitamin D is depleting you and not nourishing you, then that's where too much of a good thing can go wrong, okay? That is in Philippians 32, too. It's in fallopian tubes. <laughs> 17. That's what that's in. Um, so yeah, those are things that, you know, maybe it's relatable to you guys um, that we ignore. And then another thing, Coco and I heard a really great podcast, um, big ups to Miss Amanda Seals, that talks about past trauma and how you really can't be in a relationship. And not say that you're going to try to work through and amend yourself and be flexible because we're all dealing with some past trauma in some way, shape, or form. It helps forge who we are or who we're not going to be. And so when you want to pair yourself, right, with someone, you have to make sure that you don't have, A, a trauma bond, okay, because that's not going to get us anywhere. And B that you can recognize each other's traumas so that you don't do triggering things. Or if you do engage in triggering actions, you know how to work through them together. Right. Which then goes back to the whole, you got, first you got to get counseling for yourself. And then typically, I mean, if you are dealing with someone and that pretty, pretty much the whole population is dealing with some kind of trauma or past trauma, Y'all need to go to counseling together because like you said, I, me as a strong black independence woman um, was raised to that man better take care of me. And if they can't bring as much as I bring to the table, then I ain't, I'm not trying to deal with them. But I didn't know that in that mindset, I was pushing the buttons of, um, of my, my significant other at the time and attacking his manhood as a growing up in a super matriarchal family the women got it done and the men who were in the family they took care of business but they were kind of behind the scenes like they made sure the mortgage was paid the car payments were paid as kids i didn't see that i saw i wish a nigga would do bop 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 and they need to be doing it just as much as me because i could do bad by my damn self that's not fortifying a king that is breaking down a man. And I had to reevaluate myself to say to see how I was affecting, negatively affecting, and even probably adding to the trauma of that man, that young mm-hmm. man at the time. So being cognizant of that um, and knowing that the trauma that I've been through, I don't want to, I don't want to be the cause of somebody else's trauma or be a trigger. You have to be aware of that stuff. And that's, it's kind of a new trend for lack of a better word, or people are, be, are becoming more aware of it. That's something that as black women, we really have to be mindful of is that we are not in our um, attempt to build up a man that we're not breaking them down because they're not where we think they should be or where society says they should be. If my man is staying at home, taking care of the kids and I'm out getting the bread, that's our business. It doesn't make him any less of a man. Listen, hunty, if I would have found a man and I would have had to have some kids, he would have had to have stayed home because I ain't staying home with them kids. (laughs) 
And that's where the communication comes in. You wanted them, you take care of them. <laughs> With the vessel, handle it. Listen, this is why Nene doesn't have kids today, okay? Because if you're not getting up in the middle of the night, you know how much I love sleep, people, okay? <laughs> I digress. Sorry about that. That was some of my own trauma coming out there. <laughs> Go ahead. It has been, I have dealt with it and I have healed from it, but I'm out every now and again. I'm human. What do you want from me? Oh my You're absolutely right. And that was yeah. such a good point in your, um, your own revelation about, you know, contributing to the trauma of our Kings um, by not having done our own work and introspection and therapy and um, really have a clear understanding of ourselves and listen it's a life journey. Okay. It does not stop, but I think we're hoping in rearing our daughters or in my case, my younger sisters and my goddaughters that we are having more open communications, direct communications to give them knowledge that we didn't have so that hopefully your trauma experience is so much less, right? And you have these tools in place to have an amazing, significant other relationship, right. if that's what you desire, from jump. Right. Right. Don't go through Jerome and Pookie and Tyrone. Sorry, bros. I'm sure there's good bros out there with those names. Just an example. Don't need to go through all of that if you don't have to, because it adds to your trauma experience. Right. right. Let me right. share this with you so that you have a a further ahead starting point, right? You're not like Nene at the, still at the beginning when the gun went off in the marathon. Pressing. Okay. Yes. Right. Just, just everybody had gone two miles and you still doing jumping jacks for the warm up. Okay. That's not what we want. And so um, Coco and I, I mean, we're excited about every discussion, but as we open up this significant other series, we are very excited to have, um, some special guests on. We'll be talking about different lifestyle choices. Um, tune into our different strokes for different folks. We will have some guests back um, to talk about the various paths of relationships. We're going to get into some um, discussion on sexuality and polyamory and long-term marriage, short-term marriage, handling divorce, um, being a LBGT. TQ. I hope I got that right. Mm -hmm. um, the culture of that community, especially being black in that community. Okay. So please tune in as we always ask you guys to support us via our Patreon at Dylan and Healing, D-E-A-L-N-H-E-A-L-N. On our Patreon, you can pick a tier, join us. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at dylanandhillen at gmail.com. And I kind of want to go, Coco, let's do a closure clue. Let's do our, um, so Coco and I have this thing where we have to break down the word. <laughs> we have to break down the Bible to our very basic understanding. And in terms that we can comprehend in our minds and you guys know we slow. So it generally sounds a little bit different. Um, but I would like to talk about Tamar. So if you guys don't know the story of Tamar, and please don't <laughs> me because listen, don't quote me. Um, 
I spent a couple of days in church, but I'll never be knowing the addresses to stuff. So Tamar was a woman who was married and her husband died and she had not yet had any children. And so back in the day, you know, if your husband died and there were brothers available, you were supposed to get with the next available brother. And so she had asked the father to um, have the next brother be her husband. But this brother was trifling and this brother was like, well, I'm going to just get down, but I'm not going to spill my seed because back then you just did not do that. And then he ditched her. So then there was another brother and the father was like, okay, you can have this other brother. But this brother was like, "Eh, I'm not too sure. And Tamar was like, you know what? I'm going to get this husband. I'm going to do what I got to do. So homegirl, Coco, do you want to take the next leg? Keep going. I'm enjoying this. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. So homegirl was like, she posted up, right? She posted up. Homegirl posted like, up at the game. Yeah. She was yeah. like, bet. I'm finna go ahead and act like I'm a prostitute. I'm finna smash no matter what. So she posted up where this man was traveling, the last brother, and was like, hey, what you think? How you want to do this? And he was like, you know what? I might as well. Gave her a bracelet or a ring or something as payment, okay? So homegirl ends up knocked up. And when they get back to their town, because you know you do your dirt across town, get back. She was like, yo, I'm prego. I'm prego. Not only am I prego, but I'm about to have two of them. Twins, y'all. I'm about to have twins. And he was like, oh, you got me twisted because that's not my, they made my twins. I don't know what you're talking about. And Tamar came through with the best receipts. Receipts. She was like, bruh, remember this bangle? Remember this bracelet you had get? Remember this bracelet? And he was like, oh, snap, that was you. I thought that was a harlot at the gate. And so. <laughs> the bracelet said his name on it. That ain't my <laughs> bracelet. It says, on it. The- you sure about that? You sure about that? Bottle beer, or did you not buy the bottle of beer? <laughs> so listen. Long story short, and to wrap it up in our closure clue regarding Tamar. Yeah, be patient. Wait on what's yours. Don't take matters into your own hands because it gets hella messy. Okay. Tamar was not communicating. Neither was the the husband. Not neither one of the brothers. Okay. They did not wait. They were not patient. Tamar did not do any self-work because homegirl was like, I'm a pretend I'm a prostitute, ma'am. I'm going to need you to get your esteem together. I'm going to need you to work on you. Okay. Out here just trying to have any baby daddy. That's just not what we want for you. So in our closure clue today, (laughs) we going to work on doing better, sis, sis, we going to work on doing better. Work on you. Don't work on do. <laughs> I'm Nene, and we are not comedians, but but we hella funny, definitely legit funny, and we definitely. I'm Coco. Next time. <laughs>